Hello, everybody. Welcome. Again, I'm on the road. Good job, Harry. I'm on the road in Cape um, Girardeau in Missouri, which is uh, southern Missouri, two hours south of uh, uh, two hours south of St. Louis. Tonight's the last night of the mission. I'm at St. Vincent de Paul here, uh, the church, and there's a school here. Um, fantastic people, fantastic pastor, uh, fantastic resident assistant. They're all uh, very good, and it's a great blessing to be here. But I am tired, so I get to uh, I drive up tonight to uh, a. Um, to a hotel, I got a Hilton hotel outside of, uh, at the airport. And then I board tomorrow morning at 5.30 in the morning. So I won't get there till about 11.30, so we're not gonna get much sleep tonight. So uh, that's okay. Um, and you have one more talk before the, the and, and this year, so next Saturday in Allentown. So I'm excited that uh, I'll be able to have a little bit of a break. So. Let's pray to get us started today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Great God of love and mercy, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit upon us to help us to truly enter into this intimacy with you, that we may know you and love you and serve you all the days of our life, that we may proclaim you to all people, that we may bring other people to this knowledge of you, that they may live forever too. We beg you these things, Father, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good St. Joseph, pray for us. So today is the Feast of St. John Lateran, uh, the dedication of uh, the Lateran Basilica, and it's the Pope's Basilica in Rome. A lot of people think that the uh, Basilica of the Pope would be uh, um, St. Peter's, but it, it's not. Um, he had The original church is... Um, for the Pope and still is his official church is St. John Lateran. And uh, so when we celebrate this day, we celebrate the unity of uh, who we are, that we are, the church is Jesus. There's only one body, his body. And so um, whenever we celebrate this day, we show the unity that's in Christ. If you listen to my uh, homily today, which I, um, preached it earlier here was a private mass. Um, I talked about the reality. If you listen to the second reading, you know, to the Corinthians, he's talking very clearly about uh, we are the body of Christ. No, 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 sorry. The Christ is inside of us. We are, do you realize, he says, that you are the temple of the living God, that God dwells in you and that we're called to be holy. And it's not just this private thing that I am the temple, but Everyone who's baptized are temples of God. And it's not we're individual temples so much, like I'm a temple, you're a temple. We are one body in Jesus Christ. So all of us have Jesus living into us, in us. All of us should be working for unity. All of us should be of one person. Not because, again, I think that uh, the world, especially in America, and... Um, uh, where we, the church, we, everything's political. We focus on what we agree with, what we don't agree with again. And when we do this kind of stuff, we neglect who Jesus is. But I was sitting there earlier today 
I was looking up something and there was a, another priest who has a, um, a podcast and he's a more conservative type priest and he goes against the Pope and everything else. And he says, and he has 92,000 viewers. <laughs> and I says, boy, it's the controversy that uh, brings it up. We get about a thousand of you that watch every week. Uh, so I'm not controversial enough, nor do I want to be. I want to be someone who focuses on the reality of living the life of Jesus Christ to let Jesus have full control of our hearts and our lives, that Jesus, uh, uh, we would just let him take full control, that we would acknowledge and more than acknowledge that we would live like God lives inside of us. Like this morning, I says, uh, okay, I quoted the verse of today. Do you not realize that God lives inside of you? And so I said, do I know that? And if I know that, do I live that? And again, what does that look like to live that? Well, first of all, it means that uh, when you and I are alone in prayer, we don't just focus up there somewhere to a God who may or may not be there. We focus on the reality that God is inside of me. He's not me, but he lives inside of me, that he is the tabernacle. And as the I am a tabernacle and he lives in this tabernacle. And so what that means is you and I must start living that reality. Again, I think that we talk about Jesus. Uh, we ask him like he's a divine rabbit's foot to help us instead of being still and realizing that he dwells inside of me. No matter where I am, he is. So if I'm at the uh, drive-through getting some food, if I'm at in the parking lot, if I am uh, sitting on the toilet, Jesus Christ is with me, inside of me. He's not next to me. He's inside of me. I am the tabernacle of God. And so is everybody else. And so when, first of all, you and I recognize that, what that means inside of us is that we need to live a holy life, right? Again, to go back to the to the reading today, I, I got uh, quite uh, animated today as I was uh, speaking the reading. But again, um, in the mass this morning, and again, we had the Gloria and everything here. It says, uh, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. The temple of God, which is which you are, is holy. So again, someone often like last night, I heard confessions here and there's people who hadn't been in confession in 50 years, 60 years, 60 years, 55 years, 40 years, 38 years. There was just a lot of people who hadn't been in confession in a while. And that's how I, again, how I always uh, show uh, or the way I gear if the mission has been fruitful or not. Um, it's not, I come anywhere just to uh, tickle people's ears or make them laugh or get them mad at me, which uh, I do all that stuff too. But it's about bringing them back home, helping them know Jesus, help them to receive his love, help them to repent, to begin a new life, a new walk with the Lord. So I often say to these people, I'm not here for the daily mass people. You're fine without me. I am here for the people who have been away for a long time to bring them back home.
Huh? And so after we're done here in people's confessions, um, after we're done, I always say, okay, now you're, you have to live in this holiness, all try, Father. And I go, no, 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 uh, you, you, you can't just try this. You already are holy because God dwells within you. And so what you got to do is start living this because I think that we need to live the reality of the God that lives inside of me. If Jesus lives inside of me, then I got to live a holy life because I don't want to make Jesus do anything who lives inside of me sinful. And again, that's more than just being pure in that. And of course, that's what it means also. But it means that my thoughts have to be Christ's thoughts, that uh, I have to be obedient to Christ in all things, that I am his slave. And so I want to grow in this holiness by God's will and my will becoming one. And I really don't believe that most people really want to live God's will every moment of every day, though that's the call for all of us to live God's will every moment of every day. We just want him to bless us and give us strength, to give us eternal life. And so it's always, uh, here, God, I says what I need you to do for me. And you stay in your box and then I'll just do what I want instead of like, okay, God, you live inside of me. So if you live inside of me, then help me to live a life of holiness. Help me to know that I am the tabernacle, that anything that I would do in front of the tabernacle of the church, I must live every moment of my life because you're there. You're inside of me, huh? Again, we talked about it last week and I've been talking about it a couple of times. We don't stay focused in the tabernacle because we are the tabernacle. Again, this is what we are focused on in the readings today. And so the first thing is I got to live a life of holiness because Jesus lives inside of me. I need to focus on him, not me. And then I need to make sure that I, I see him and other people, especially the baptized, but of course the non-baptized too. Whatever you do to the least of my brothers and sisters, you do unto me. And so whether I agree with people, whether they're a conservative, whether they're a liberal, if they are baptized, Jesus lives inside of them. So I need to treat them like Jesus Christ lives inside of them. And again, it's a, uh, we live in this fantasy world that, okay, I, I am the, not any of you, of course, but a lot of people live in the fantasy world that I am the one in Jesus. I know the truth and everybody else doesn't know the truth to hell with them. Can't be that way. If Jesus lives inside of them, I have to see them as Jesus even it might be the least of the brothers or sisters, someone I don't agree with, someone who I think is a liberal, someone who I think is a sinner, which shouldn't be any more different than you and I and our sin. Huh? Um, and so that I treat them as Christ. And then for those who don't know Christ, to those who don't have Christ inside of them, my job then is to bring them Jesus. So, Everywhere I go, if Jesus lives inside of me, I'm like bringing the tabernacle, but more than the tabernacle, I need to evangelize. Huh? Um, so when we focus on this, we begin with God lives inside of me. Do you know that? Do you live it? Do you spend time with the reality that God lives inside of me? Do you become, uh, the only way to really do this is to become still, be still and know that I am God, not your God, but God lives inside of you. So you got to be still there. Then you treat other people 
as Jesus because Jesus lives in them too through baptism. So I start living this life of Jesus. I start treating other people as Jesus and those who don't know Jesus, then this is what he commands us today, huh? He says in Matthew verse 28, which you have heard me speak on before, verse 18 and following, for authority has been given to me both in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to carry out everything I have commanded you and know that I am with you until the end of the world. So what you and I got to be doing is, again, as I was, I know I drive people crazy when I do a mission. And like I said a million times last night, that it's not about you that our life is to to be God-centered and other-centered. And again, I I preach this all the time, but I don't live this all the time. And I know I need to, I need need to grow in this, but we're all in this together. I think when we can begin to see, okay, this is where God is calling me. This is the way he wants me to live. And then I have to decide that, okay, God, this is what I am going to do. I am going to live the way you have called me to live. I'm going to live knowing that you live inside of me and be be holy because you live inside of me, as you told me, that I'm going to treat other people as Jesus Christ and those who don't know Christ, that I am going to bring others to Jesus. So for us to examine our own hearts and our own lives, though, again, do you know, do you believe that Jesus is inside of you? And do you show that when you pray? Do you just sit there and think of, you know, saying prayers to a God up there? Or do you know that God is inside of you? And that the relationship, because Jesus lives in you and I, the relationship that he's always called us to is an intimacy with the Father that Jesus, when we talk about, uh, when they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, and he taught them his prayer, that they wanted what Jesus had, intimacy with God, intimacy with the Father. Now, before that, a lot of people said prayers. They believed that there was God, but they didn't know that he could be knowable, that he could have intimacy, that we could have intimacy with this God of the universe. And Jesus comes in his humanity and he starts saying, I want you to call God Father. And he doesn't say my Father, but our Father. So when you and I know that Jesus is inside of us and the Spirit of God lives inside of us and that this is these bring us into intimacy with the Father. And again, if we go into John's gospel, because I, I've always went back to this again and again when it comes to living the spiritual life. huh? And here in the gospel of John, towards the end, what Jesus makes the promises when he's talking about giving the spirit, when he's talking for us to be one. And what does all this look like here? He says, and um, do, 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 do. So again, 
verse 26 of John chapter 17, to them I have revealed your name and I will continue to reveal it so that your love for me may live in them and I may live in them. So first of all, the love that God has for Jesus is the spirit. So the spirit lives in us and so does Jesus live in us. There we go there. And then we go down deeper and it says that God will come and make his home inside of us that the father will be within us too. So what happens again is we come into this um, um, intimacy with God in such a way that we get brought up into the intimacy of the Trinity. And again, this is what's happening. This is, becomes the unitive way that when we know that God and I uh, are called to this loving relationship. And so I'm always aware of God living inside of me. And I'm always had this intimacy with the father. And so it shows when I pray that I'm not just saying, Oh, Holy God, I'm not just bringing out my prayer book, but I'm always entering and crying out, Abba, daddy, Papa, that we are called to this intimacy. That we're not just to be focused on ourselves and say, no, Father, you don't get it. I'm such a sinner. We all get it. I'm such a sinner too. And yet, the Father wants me to be intimate with him as I am so I can stop being such a sinner. As long as you and I focus on ourselves and our sinfulness, we will always grow in sinfulness because what we focus on is what we put our energy in, into. But if you and I focus on Jesus, on the Father, the power of God inside of us and the Holy Spirit, then we will grow in intimacy with God. We will grow in holiness. We will grow in strength. And I just think that that's the core of where we need to begin. That this intimacy with God begins with him coming into us the moment we were baptized. It's more than this theological concept. That day I got theological grace. I got sanctifying grace. Yes, you and I did. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that God lives inside of you now. Let's be real clear, okay? Let's not make it theological pie in the sky, stuff that most people don't understand. Let's look at, take about it. Think about it was really what happens. God took up residence inside of us. We became tabernacles of God. And so you and I are called to this intimacy, to focus on God, not on ourselves, to focus on God, not on ourselves. Okay. Um, so then, so we, we get that. And then I treat other people like Jesus. And again, that's how he's going to judge us on the end, how we have uh, loved other people. And then we got to bring this reality that, you know, do I have in my heart a desire to bring others to Jesus? How many people have you brought to Jesus? Can you say that? Can you, can you even say, as you examine your conscience right now, anyone that you've brought to Jesus, not just brought to the church, because again, you can be a pagan and go to church, which we see all the time, but that you invited them. Have they come to know that Jesus is alive and have they entered into this intimacy with Jesus? 
Well, again, how do I do that, Father? Well, you and I get out of the way and we let the Spirit of God inside of us bring others to him, bring others to the Father, bring others to Jesus. But it got to be part of our daily thing that, Lord, today, use me to bring others to you. We can do it in so many ways. You know, the part of uh, Missouri that I'm in right now is a pretty Protestant part. You know, if you go up to St. Louis, everybody's Catholic. There's a lot of Catholics up there. So here, of course, I've been wearing my clerics and uh, um, people have been treating me a little bit different. Uh, I've just, you know, been very aware of that. And so like this morning, I went to breakfast to Cracker Barrel. I like Cracker Barrel. And uh, so the woman had uh, greeted me. I'm dressed like this. And um, and she says, and how are you or what's your day like? And I says, it is a blessed day. And then she was like, oh, uh, yes, it is a blessed day. And so I could talk to her about Jesus then just by saying something as simple as I tried to teach you all the time is when people ask you how you are, you say, I'm blessed. Why? Because God lives inside of you. Jesus Christ died for you. You get to receive Jesus in the most blessed sacrament. You get to receive the forgiveness of sins and confession. Uh, you, uh, Jesus giving, the Father's giving you mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation to keep you alive. Even if you're having the worst day ever, you are blessed. And so instead of drawing people to yourself by saying, oh, I'm okay, or oh, it's a hard day, or oh, whatever, you're just saying I'm blessed. So they're not looking at you. You're pointing them right to God. So a very, very simple way that you can do that is just by saying something as simple as I'm blessed. And if they ask you why, like if you listen to my homily this last week, you should be able to tell them uh, why you're blessed. Because Jesus Christ died for your sins. Because God lives inside of you. That he has given you the gift of eternal life. That he has set you free from your slavery to sin. It's amazing that Jesus uh, promises to set us free. And so, so many of us, since we always cling to our sin and we don't come to true repentance, we are never free. We live in this slavery, which is the exact opposite of what God wants. He died on the cross to save you. And save means to heal. Huh? He come to set you free. But as long as you're looking at yourself, you can't be set free. Because you're looking at the one who has got you in all the trouble in the first place. But if you look at God, who died and who gave you life in this freedom that you have. And this peace that you and I have in Jesus Christ. As long as we're focusing on him. We're fine. It's when the devil keeps us focused on ourselves that we have issues. huh? And even when we go, like yesterday was the confession talk. And so we always deal with um, uh, John, I mean, uh, Genesis chapter three, when we talk about sin. Now think about the generosity of God. When he told Adam and Eve, you can have anything you want. Anything all yours eat from all the trees tree of life everything it's yours just don't take from the one tree so if they were looking at the goodness of god they would think he is so generous he's so good but the devil goes and starts saying no 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 look what he doesn't give you he's not good even though he's given you a million things that one thing he said you can't have it what kind of a generous God is that? What kind of good God is that?
And so then it made Adam and Eve focus on themselves and what they were missing instead of God and how generous he was to them. And see what happens in our own lives? We focus on what I'm not getting. We're focused on um, my sin. We're focused on all this stuff instead of focused on the reality that God became a man and his son, Jesus Christ, that he suffered and died and he took every sin away from me, that he paid the penalty so that I could live in freedom. That God wants, he didn't give us life to watch us suffer, even though suffering comes. He gave us life to live life, to enjoy him, to enjoy life. Too many people, it's just all about suffering. So that keeps them focused on self. But what did Jesus say in John? All this I have told you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. When we start living this life focused on God, then people will be attracted to us because they're not attracted to us. They're attracted to Jesus inside of us. And then we can lead them. But even at this time, when you think about all the Catholics that haven't come back to church and all kinds of people, it's because the people that are in church often are not welcoming people. Even in my own parish, and I have a very welcoming, fantastic parish, and I didn't even say anything. But last Sunday, an African-American man come walking in, and I noticed him, not because he was African-American, but because he had a hat on. Now, I don't care who you are. If a, man, if a man wears a hat in church, it always drives me crazy. So he had this hat on. So he came in right before the gospel and he just sat down and he kept his hat on. And I'm just looking, first of all, thinking, why do you have your hat on in front of God? But the reason he probably had a hat on because he had no idea that that was even something you're supposed to do. I mean, people aren't taught this stuff anymore. And so then... I was just sitting there thinking, I hope that uh, someone reaches out to him to make him feel welcome. And then at communion, right before, right after communion, I remember looking and he was gone. And so I just thought, could someone come into our church where I'm the pastor and feel unwelcome or feel unnoticed or feel uncared for? And again, I've been guilty of this myself. Uh, to you know, I'm I'm reading a fantastic book. It's called um, um, Unhurried. And again, gosh, if you want to read a good book, again, it's a Protestant book, so everybody will sit there and say, "Hey, Father, I don't do that stuff." I'm telling you, it is a fantastic book. And so I read it, and I also listen to it. And it's called The, the Ruthless. Elimination of hurry, the ruthless elimination of hurry. And this book is written by John Mark Comer, C-O-M-E-R, the ruthless elimination of hurry. And I found it so much in my life that when I'm in a hurry is when I'm the worst of me when I'm not focusing on Jesus, when I'm only focusing on all the stuff I got to do, when I'm only focusing on going from here to there, everybody at my and my staff knows, don't ask me questions when I'm going from one place to another because I'm focused on these other things. But 
how different this is, huh? That Jesus was never in a hurry, that every single person Jesus encountered that was like they were the only person to him. That even he tells the story about uh, when someone's dying and they ask Jesus to come and he comes. And then a woman comes and she has a sickness. And even in uh, going to take care of someone who was dying, he stopped to take care of a woman who was in suffering. And he healed them both and brought life to the person that died. huh? But Jesus was always, always not in a hurry. And how much we're always in hurries about everything, at least me. And so, and he comes back to, he, he talks again, and I, I have this on my altar. I mean, the back uh, thing of our adoration chapel, be still and know that I am God. That I have it in the back altar to remind everybody what they're called to do. But boy, how much I have to remind me that I got to be in the moment with people. I got to be in the moment with God instead of just rushing everything through. And that's going to be a process, but I know that's what I got to be doing. And so it's just been an interesting that this book um, I have read right after the other book I told you about before. And these are two wonderful books that I would just get if I were you. And this is the the other one. I'm uh, listening to it twice now, my second time through, which is Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools by Tyler Staton, S-T-A-T-O-N. Fantastic. I think because part of it, they're both young pastors, but they're also married. And so often what we do as Catholics, is we talk about the saints and we focus on them, which we should. I'm not saying we don't. But most of the saints, unless we're talking about St. Elizabeth of Hungary, whose feast day is this, uh, it's tomorrow, just so you know, my grandmother's feast day. To, no, it's next Friday, next Friday, next Friday. Anyway, uh, 24 generations ago. But rarely do these saints live lives, meaning that uh, they don't have kids. They're usually not having sex. Uh, they're usually priests and nuns. And so we sit there and say, oh, to be holy, you got to be a priest or a nun and not have sex. So what does it mean when God says increase and multiply and have sex? And, you know, the realness of um, having your kid throw up all over you. How are you called to be a saint like that? I think that's where sometimes Protestants are all over us because they talk about how to live this every day, how to bring people to Jesus every day doesn't mean the Protestants are in any way better or anything else. That's not what I'm saying. But they make living Christianity more real day in and day out. Huh? Um, and even then without the Blessed Sacrament and the praying like fools, he started a place where they go and they pray 24 hours a day. And there's always people can come in the place and have an encounter with God 24 hours a day, but they do it at the Blessed Sacrament. How much more us? Since we have like adoration and we can be with the God of the universe 24 hours a day to go and be with him. Again, he's there, but he's also in here. So it's just some interesting things and I'm, I'm, I'm going over my time that I normally would. But I just want us to really be thinking about Jesus, the spirit, the father lives inside of me. And I got to become aware of that. Be still. That Jesus, the spirit God lives in other people, especially the baptized, and I got to treat them as if they are the dwelling of God. 
And then I got to be bringing other people to this reality because God went to the cross to save them. I can't be so concerned only with my own spiritual life that I'm not doing everything to bring everybody else to this intimacy with Jesus. So that when you and I stand before him on judgment day and he says, where are your brothers and sisters? Did you bring anybody with you? We can say, Lord, everybody I met, I tried to bring to you. And here are the ones that actually did come to you because you used someone like me who just got out of the way to bring others to know you. Then you'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's joy. Isn't that what you want to hear? Sure is what I want to hear. Nature knows love today and forever. Amen. Okay, let's get into the questions. Again, if it's your first time here on the questions, the comments, you write some questions, I go through them and... Uh, We'll answer them as, as I can, if I can. Okay. Hi, Monica, Harry, Jeffrey, Navy, Junior, ROTC. Very good. All from California. Praying for everyone. Amen. Pray for us. Happy Thanksgiving. It's a coming real soon. I was sitting there thinking I have no idea what's going to be happening on Thanksgiving because, uh, again, my half my family's... Uh, and please pray for my stepfather. Um, he's not doing so well. And my brother, today's his birthday. So uh, they texted me and I tried to call my stepfather yesterday. He didn't answer, which isn't a good sign. So uh, I have no idea what will be happening on Thanksgiving this year. Um, I just hope I, uh, I got to make my own stuffing if I don't get it. That's for sure. So anyway, um, thank you, Jeffrey. Harry, ah, the mystical, mystic body. Sister Mary Leo has stared me towards contemplation of that. Very good, Harry. Oh, Harry, you must be a saint. You just got to be, huh? <laughs> anyway, Heather. Hello, Father. I hope to see you, praying for you, and thank you for always bringing us hope. Thank you, Chris. I'm more conservative. I still love your insight. I'm conservative, too. Uh, thanks, Chris. I That's what I've never got, that uh, conservative should be we should be the most loving of all people not the most judgmental of all people um because we want to be orthodox we want to be in the truth and the truth is god is love that's the truth the truth is uh, all people know you're my disciples because you love one another that's the fullness of truth so the more conservative we should be uh, and we should be the more loving we should be but i haven't found that to be the case in recent years it used to be but in recent years, it's scary. It's just scary. You know, I'm almost afraid to be around other Catholics because uh, I always know that uh, there's going to be people there that hate you, literally hate you, and because you don't see things the way they do. And I just think that it's the, the evil one has really got himself into too many people and that we have to keep going back to Jesus lives inside of us. Jesus lives inside of us. The devil has no power here. And, um, 
even what happens is we give, we keep more focus on the devil than we do with God. Like more people are focused on exorcisms and everything else and devil and devil, devil, devil. And you're reading all this stuff about that. And I just says, you got to spend more time with Jesus. You got to focus on Jesus. The devil's nothing. He's nothing. It doesn't matter. He's nothing, nothing, nothing. We're always more powerful than the evil one. Don't waste your time on focusing on him. Focus on Jesus. Huh? Anyway. Um, good afternoon, Chris. Safe travels. Thank you. Um, again, tomorrow, I think when I, uh, on my way back, I'm a million miler now, and I think I'm going to get enough to be a diamond for next year because I've flown so much this year, which is always a, a good thing uh, to be doing that. Um, but anyway, it's just a weird thing. Have you heard the new movie Journey to Bethlehem? I heard. Is it a musical? Do you think it's okay to see? I think it's always okay. Uh, again, it won't be like some people go crazy about, uh, well, I wonder if it's 100% accurate. Well, there has never been any Jesus movie, including The Passion of the Christ is 100% accurate, you know, because uh, they use people's uh, saints visions and everything else which isn't teaching the church and they go through all kinds of stuff so of course if it brings you you can tell everything by its fruit will it bring you to, uh, bring you closer to jesus it's like kind of like the chosen one or the chosen and people say oh no no it's not scriptural what is scriptural but it goes beyond it right and so but it sure does bring me closer to jesus when i watch it and not just the historical Jesus, it looks like this, and he has the halo around his head, but the real Jesus, the real Jesus that walked the face of the earth, that, that struggled, that wept, that cried, that went to the bathroom, that got sick like all of us do in his humanity. And it makes that more real to me. So I think that when, when things bring us closer to the real person of Jesus, not just the theological concept, because Jesus wasn't a theological concept, he was the God incarnate, incarnate love. And so to get to know him, I think any of that stuff, it helps you in that. Go for it. Um, I don't think it's a musical, though, but I, I've seen a lot on it, but I will see it, God willing. It's kind of like I talked about last time, the uh, Beyond Death thing. Um, again, I haven't seen it. Uh, people are asking me, is it okay for me to see it? And again, I say, yes, but you just always have to have a discerning heart. Is it, uh, is it of God? How to find out. Uh, do you handle this? A family member went around and told a lot of lies about me. I forgave her, so I sent her a card. She tore it up and 100 pieces and sent it back to me. Oh, <laughs> really good family member. Um, isn't that amazing? Again, the best thing to do with them is just pray for them. I encourage you to say a Divine Mercy Chaplet for them and put their name in it. So let's say that her name is uh, uh, Sally, and you just say, because of the sorrowful passion, have mercy on Sally and on the world. And every time you see her, just love her, just pray for her. Uh, you tried your part. Now, again, I don't know what the thing said. If it just said, I'm sorry, and she ripped it up, it was horrible but if you try to explain yourself and or she thought that you were coming against her then ripping it up would be another thing i don't know but again just to say the divine mercy chaplet for her and ask god to bless her would be a fantastic thing um 
Okay, bye. Bye, Jeff. There you go. We have really enjoyed here in Cape Girardeau, Father. Thanks for coming here. It's been great, Brock, to be up here. Bring the kids tonight. Good. Tonight's the night of healing. Um, so it's always a good night. Um, the first night's usually my most gentle night, but because we had all those men here, I went into my um, men mode and it didn't work so well. I didn't have a good feeling about the first night here. Um, but then uh, the the second night I thought went real well. And last night I went, it went real well. So tonight comes back to the healing part. If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Completely correct. That's a very, uh, 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 what was her name? Kate. Well, I'm sure many people said that, but the one uh, person, Kate, whatever said me, a saint. I tell people that I'm practicing Catholic. Practicing means God. Well, you got to be a saint now. You got to grow into it, Harry. Huh? That's the whole point to grow into sanctity. So for whatever reason, today we don't have many people, only 67 people that are watching. And so I don't have any uh, questions in front of me because I'm not at home. So we have all the questions. So I uh, don't have any more questions. So we're going to end us up a little early. I just ask you to please pray for me. Please pray for the people that I will speak to tonight, pray for God's grace of healing tonight, that many healings take place tonight. Pray I have a safe and smooth uh, flight home tomorrow. Pray this weekend we have a DME, Divine Mercy Encounter Retreat Weekend. A um, lot of stuff going on. Um, I have a good friend who uh, isn't doing well. Pancreatic cancer is his fifth year. And it, it's, I think it, the way I've heard is that he's getting ready to go home. So pray for him, pray for his soul. Um, and then uh, we'll see you again next week, God willing. The Lord be with you. May almighty God bless, keep and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Amen.